Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. This is Nick Sonnenberg. And I'm Ari Mizell. And we have a really, really great show today where we're here with Derek Steer, CEO and founder of Mode Analytics. Welcome on the show, Derek. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm personally really excited to talk to you because honestly, I've tested a lot of tools uh, you know, across various different things, and especially analytics. And I have to give you some props. Mode is one of the main tools that I use now, and I'm really impressed by it. Thank you. What's your background? I'm just curious, because to create something like Mode, I'm, I'm really interested. Are you a data scientist by trade, or what made you decide to create Mode? Yeah. Um, what is Mode? Tell everyone what Mode is. Sure. So right off the bat, Mode is data analysis software. It's, there's a lot of data analysis software on the market. What differentiates Mode is that we focus on the workflow of people who are writing code to do data analysis. So uh, if you are a professional analyst or data scientist or however you identify, you're someone who's like writing a lot of SQL or writing some Python and then delivering the results of your work to someone else in the business. Mode kind of streamlines that process and makes it easy to get information out. I think we could probably get into this more later. There's there's a lot more stuff that we believe in and are trying to do about you know the distribution of quantitative information through a company. I believe that stuff is really important, not just like the work that you do and how you do it, but like the way that it affects where you work. But those are sort of the basics of Mode for now. My background and sort of the reason that we started this company has been in data analysis in one form or another for my entire career. So first at this economic consulting firm, and then I sort of, by happenstance, landed at Facebook working uh, on ad monetization. Went from there to this company called Yammer, which you would think of as the, the pre-Slack. Twitter uh, for business. Yeah. Well, so it started as Twitter for business, and then it, it morphed into Facebook for business. And, and actually, like, it's funny, you know, I was listening to, to another podcast, and I can't remember the guest's name, but uh, he was talking about, you know, uh, moving away from Slack. Uh, be, because it was just like too much and some of the, some of the problems with Slack and, and uh, you know, we use Slack at Mode and, and seeing the sort of like differences between Slack and Yammer has been very interesting to me. I think that the, the best thing is sort of a hybrid of both. But in any case, it was sort of an open communication for the enterprise. And there we adopted a lot of like analytical tools and techniques that you might see at big consumer internet companies. So if you were to go to like LinkedIn or Facebook or Airbnb, Airbnb has really publicized their work in this area. You would see a lot of internal tools that are for people who write code to do analysis and then to disseminate that throughout the company. Um, we had done something similar at Yammer and a lot of people came to us and said like, hey, this is a thing that, that, that we would like, right? Um, and it seemed like a big enough opportunity for us to go and start a company. So we did that maybe three years ago. Moto is now just a hair under three years old. Any analytics tool is really only as good as the data that you put into it, right? So what are the, like, just for people who are unaware of this kind of thing, what are some of the data sources that a lot of companies are using to bring into Mode to do analytics on? So Mode connects directly to people's databases. And in order to use Mode, you, you kind of need to have a database with information to connect it to. So for a lot of people, like the most obvious one, pretty much every web app is powered by a database. So you know, if you've got some web application, you can connect Mode up to the same database or to a replica of the database is powering your web app. That's like the most basic setup. For companies that are like scaling up a little bit, you know, you have like a dedicated analyst or, or data scientist, right? You've got some kind of analytics specific database like uh, Amazon Redshift is tremendously popular. Or Google BigQuery are two of the options that we see people taking with incredible frequency. Yeah, we're so, using Postgres. Yeah, Postgres. So it depends on how much data you have and, and what your needs are, right? There's like tons of, of, of options, but 
the data there is coming from usually um, some combination of like your your product data or some kind of transactional system, right? If you're not a web company, then you're maybe like a retail company and you've got, you know, information from your point of sale systems. It's all in some database. There's like events that happen. So like the other sort of main type of data is like, like logs row by row of like, here are things that happened. So on a website, right? Like uh, Google Analytics uses this type of data and then aggregates it for you. Like this person hit this page and then this person and this person and this person. And then, you know, they sort of tidied up into like a few summary charts. But there's a lot of things you can do by working with that raw data in something like Mode, where you you know connect it up that way. So those are some of the some of the things that people are working with. So for all those listeners out there, you probably use some business intelligence tools like Tableau or some others. That, that that's that's who you compare yourself to, right? Is like a Tableau or something like that. I mean, I I for me, it's like a lower level Tableau. It's like really for if you're a data scientist, I think. If you, and you know some code, this is really a better tool because it gives you way more control over what you would get out of a Tableau with you know, a lot of out-of-the-box functionality, but you still don't have that control. And also not to mention, the, the, you should talk about the price here because it's really a fraction of the price of Tableau. So we get compared to Tableau a lot. And I think you know, if you were to consider like, data as an input and like, reports or visualizations as an output, then that makes sense as a comparison. But I kind of think it stops there uh, because the way in which you create things is so different. So Tableau, Tableau and like, I think really the sort of business intelligence universe have a, a defining trait to me, which is that they've got some kind of data model that they sit on top of. Tableau sits on top of like a view in your database. But if you've got something like uh, Looker, which is sort of the most modern BI solution, uh, you know, that has a a model where you're specifying what every single metric means. And that's kind of squarely aimed at people who are not very technical. They, you know, they, they want to understand things in terms of like, okay, let me just count. Like, I'm going to drag this engaged users metric onto a chart and display it, and that's easy. But there's a lot of problems. I guess Periscope as well, right, is a little bit more low level. I guess Periscope's would, would you'd call an in-between of Looker and Mode, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, <laughs> at the point, you'd, you'd sort of be like, mode is different from Periscope in, in a few ways. I think our focus on the, the sort of more technical person uh, is, is really important. So my opinion is a lot of people are graduating from things like Looker or Tableau into a mode, right? You use something like Tableau. That's, that's often the first thing that companies will adopt. And then they say like, okay, well, I can't solve the types of problems that I want to solve without writing some SQL or some Python. So... Then you get into that and you think like, okay, maybe I want a Periscope, maybe I want a mode. In that position for us, it's very important for you never to graduate from mode. We want you to be able to do anything. We, like, we don't want you to have to go through that process again of like, okay, well now I can't do this thing in mode, so I gotta go find something else. And so we have Python, right? Which is not something that Periscope does. So we're focused on going like all the way up to the most technical sort of work that folks would do and being able to, to execute that within our product. Well, just to give uh, our users also some examples of things that Less Doing is personally using Mode for, which, you know, we're a virtual assistant company. We have clients posting tasks. A huge leading indicator of a client to, to churn or to, to, leave, to leave us is, is if they haven't used us for a long time, right? So being able to easily make a, an SQL query, you know, to sort the date since last activity and then to post that, but, you know, with, with all their information, their phone number, their email, their name, how many days since last activity, 
and post that in a report for everyone to see. It's just so convenient that, you know, now I can make that script and Ari or someone else on the team can go and try to re-engage them. And then with Python, we're able to compute stats on that. So then every week we can see what the improvement is, right? We're looking at the, the mean, median, and standard deviation of time since last activity. So then we can see, you know, how are we improving as a company? And then also another one is like looking at, uh, so our database, we've connected Toggle, which is what we use for time tracking, Trello, uh, a ton of different things. We're also looking at the ratio between time that we spend on internal tasks to external tasks because we're automating so many things where we want to monitor, we want to make sure that our ratio of how much we're reinvesting into the company in terms of time is going down within a certain range. So mode has allowed us to easily be able to do things like that. That's pretty cool. That might be the first like personal efficiency use of mode that I have heard. Most of the time, most of the time that's like people are using the product to, to try to track what someone else is doing. Oh, well, so like, how are you using it for your own? I mean, you must be using it for your own business. In every possible way. Obviously, there are huge advantages to us using mode because like it helps us discover all of the problems and then try to fix them. Um, I think the the sort of number one way I would say we use mode that that is different from how a lot of the world thinks about this type of software is we, we use it for like every single individual decision. So I think a lot of the world thinks in terms of dashboarding and like a thing that you look at all the time and benchmark yourself against. My, my co-founder, Ben, we kind of started with this DNA. The, the rest of the mode founding team is all like analysts and data scientists by background. Um, so my co-founder, Ben, is our chief analyst. And like basically his job and his team's job um, are to understand what's going on at the company and to, and to get that information out. And so we have like this incredible, like they're very prolific in their work. Um, we have this sort of incredible uh, amount of knowledge in mode and it's constantly growing and it's answers to like one-off questions. Like if we're trying to understand like the way people are using the Python notebooks, it's, it's, it's like an understanding of like the sort of very fine details about like, how like, are people actually, you know, in bringing multiple SQL queries into one notebook or are they using a single query in that notebook? Stuff that you wouldn't put on a dashboard, like that's not a KPI that you would look at every day, but uh, it can be very influential in product decisions. So I think the number, the number one way that we use it that's different is like, like every single decision that we make, we're like, all right, well, let's go try to understand how people are using the product from a quantitative perspective. Let's try to marry that with whatever qualitative information we're getting through support and through sales and, and our sort of like, customer channels and figure out what the right decision is. I gave some feedback. Um, I, I really think that the one thing that you guys should, should do is I think you've done a great job on the SQL side with being able to rename queries and uh, separate queries. And uh, I think you should do the same on the Python notebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a common request. The Python notebook is new. Our, our general philosophy is like, let's get stuff out, see how people use it, see where they break it, and then improve it from there. Um, so we are, basically, we, we released the Python notebooks in May. Uh, late May, we've been working on other projects. And so as soon as we wrap those other projects, which is coming pretty soon, um, we're going back to sort of revisit everything and, and consider like, okay, well, you know, how much are we hearing about this Python product? What are the things that we really need to add? You know, one, one thing that we're starting to do as a company right now is Facebook ads. We're just testing it. But one pain in the ass with running ads is you have to look in like three different data sources to know if an ad is profitable or not, right? You have to be looking at Facebook itself, then we're looking at click funnels and we're looking at active campaign. Like you have to look at like three or four different places to know like the full picture of how it's performing. 
So that's a great example of a way that mode could help simplify all that because once it's all connected in a database, you could just look at mode and understand, you know, exactly how the performance of an ad is and not have to try to combine three different things. Um, There are people doing this today. We do this today. Um, We are about to do a webinar with one of our partners on how to do this. I don't don't know if I can actually even divulge details because there's some stuff upcoming um, that's going to make this a lot easier. So, and that specific problem, because I think the sort of holy grail is multi-channel attribution, right? And the closer we can get to that, you know, everyone in the space is working towards like good versions of that. Um, it's, I think, I think the advantage of doing it in mode over anything else is that you have complete control over how you attribute to different channels um, or how you even just like think about a single channel. Do you guys have an API? I don't know the answer to that question. Like, would, would I be able to write some Python code and then connect with your API to our other things? So, for instance, we have Intercom. So, could I use the result of a Python script to then trigger something in our, in our Intercom? Uh, the, the answer to that is yes, we have an API. Mode works like any sort of modern web product where, like, you know, everything is, is connected front and the back end through an API. And so, like, you can use that too. Um, it's not documented in an official way. It's not something that we have yet promised to support into the future. Um, but if you want the details, you know, anyone who wants the details can like, ping us and we'll send you what we've got currently. Cool. So what are the next big, uh, big developments or big changes that you guys have upcoming in mode? Um, so we have a couple things shipping in the next few weeks. Our primarily, the, the sort of main thing is around, uh, around organization. So we've got a lot of companies that are using mode at pretty good scale, like you know, 1,000 plus people on mode um, with like hundreds of people in a given month writing queries and adding new information. So being able to organize that a little bit better has been a big priority. Um, even folks who are just doing a little bit of, of work in mode have asked for some better methods of organization. So um, that's something that's coming relatively soon, you know, and also sort of ability to define more standard metrics, right? So, you know, when you think about the the, the movement from a BI tool where you've got this lockdown data model and things are measured consistently every single time into something like mode, which is a little more freeform and you can write a bespoke SQL query for every analysis. People still want that same consistency that they might get from a BI tool. Um, and so making that possible in mode is something that's important and coming up pretty soon. And also for the listeners that aren't necessarily data scientists, like a big difference between what you can get out of mode versus say, looking at some of these dashboarding tools is a lot of these dashboarding tools give you vanity metrics. You know, they make you feel good because you see some curve going up to the right, but it doesn't actually give you any insight on what you should change or tweak with your company. So by having this low level control, you really are able to make actionable changes and decisions to improve the performance of your company. For those of you interested in our virtual assistants, this is something that we support as a task with our virtual assistant. So if you're listening to this and you're overwhelmed because you're not a data scientist or you don't know what SQL or Python means, but you do realize that there's a lot of data that you're not using and you want help setting up a dashboard for insights to your company, that's a pretty common task for us to handle with the virtual assistants and we can help you with that. I would also add that you know if you have a virtual assistant set something up for you, um, it's very easy to see the code that they've built and and to try to understand it from there, right? So if you're like building something from scratch and you've never done this before, you know, I can understand why that might be daunting. But if you see something that's already been built, it's actually very easy. And, and you know, in these places where we have a thousand people using mode, there's only, I mean, no one's got like a 400 person analytics or data science team, um, but we see 400 people authoring new work. 
And the way that that happens is that they see work done by the 30 person analytics team, and then they build upon that, right? They're like, oh yeah, SQL, I can read this, I can understand this, I can build on top of it. And so it's making lots of people more productive. What, what does your team look like? Uh, team's about 35. Oh, wow. Two more people starting Monday. Yeah, um, it's been growing fast. We were 20 people at the beginning of the year. So 35, but, but a lot of new folks split relatively evenly between product development and what I would call go-to-market, like sales and marketing. It's pretty design heavy for a company of our size. So we have a four-person design team. Make, that makes a lot of sense because a huge added value of this is the layout of, uh, and how you've connected being able to use Python with SQL and in, in, in this format is really right. Because otherwise, like you could just go in the terminal and do some SQL scripts and then make a separate Python script. But it's just not as nice. Like you yeah. made it nice. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's an opportunity for differentiation. Um, a lot of people feel that design is like, you know, it's like, oh, people like they write code in the terminal. They don't care about design. It's like, no, everyone cares about design. Like whether you care about things being pretty or not, that's like up to you. I think everyone likes that too. But like, really, if you have something that's cleverly designed, like the design is your SQL results automatically get dumped into this Python notebook in a way that you don't have to do a bunch of really ugly plumbing yourself, right? You don't have to like find some other way to get data from one place to another. Um, so like we think pretty carefully about, about the workflow uh, and try to get that right. You know, I, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, we always end with asking the, asking the guest, what are the top three tips for being more productive. Um, and we'd love to hear what you do to be more productive. Sure. So for me, productivity is like primarily about motivation. Um, it, or to put it differently, it's about like not checking Facebook every 10 minutes while I'm in the middle of something, right? Which I think we all have this natural tendency to do to get distracted and to, and to like, you know, move off into other worlds. And so my, my sort of number one thing, like the way that I stay motivated primarily is like I said, big long-term goals, like things that scare me. Goals where I understand that if I don't do something today, I will not be able to achieve them. Um, and then I set like lots of intermediate steps that I am both excited about and like that I can achieve, right? So the intermediate steps to me should be easy. The thing I do today should not be hard, right? But it should be like a clear step towards something that is really, really hard and scary. So that's sort of like my number one thing. Um, I am like a checklist maniac. Uh, I have tried many products. Um, I happen to like Quip because it is discoverable that by default, one of the things that sort of came from, from Yammer and, and my time there is like, I really believe in, in open and transparent communication, um, which includes discoverability. You know, when, if I create some sort of checklist for myself, when other people in the company can see it and can see what I'm doing. Um, and I like that, you know, going in the opposite direction as well. Um, and then let's see, my, my sort of third tip, I, this is like a very San Francisco specific thing, um, but like one of the biggest time savers in my life uh, has been Sprig, which is like this food delivery oh, service. Yeah. yeah, and they just like, you just like, it's like relatively reasonably priced. They deliver you like a meal with vegetable and a starch and a protein in like 20 minutes and it's hot and you don't have to do anything. It's just like, just like the the biggest no brainer in my life. I probably do that like four nights a week. Or like if I'm if I'm not having dinner with someone for like a business purpose, if I'm just like at home or like at the office and I'm trying to get some food, like it's like an extra hour of my day that I'm not cooking or worrying about getting something. Uh, it's only in San Francisco and Chicago. Yeah, oh, I didn't realize they'd expand to Chicago. 
good for the Chicagoans, but yes. But sorry. Other, there's other versions around. Yeah. Yep. Like we have Munchery here in New York City, actually. So, but anyway, yeah, that's those are great. So, well, Derek, thank you so much for your time and and for giving a little insight into mode for everybody. And we're gonna have links in the show notes, but give people the URL where they can find out more. Awesome, sounds good. And I'll send you a couple other links to interesting things where you can learn SQL or Python. Uh, we do a bunch of free tutorials. So for those folks who are curious, but you know, not yet super deep in in the data analysis world, like. It's not that hard to learn. We had lots of folks who, who come and use the product for free just to get an education. Cool. So the URL, the main one? Uh, the main one is modeanalytics.com. Okay. Um, and then the tutorials are at community.modeanalytics.com. Um, we have a bunch of resources there too for folks like yourselves who already use the product. Um, if you want to see like some other types of visualizations that we've built that you can easily apply to your own work if you want to just like, kind of co-opt what we've done. Cool. Well, Derek, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, guys.